0: One of the fun things about the Doctor being an alien is that there's no clear defined rules as to what they can do based on their biology or skill set. While traits like regeneration and having two hearts are things that will most likely not be changed unless Chris Chibnall thinks otherwise, writers can give the Doctor any powers they want and they don't necessarily have to explain them as a result of this, the Doctor has ended up with a bunch of powers, some of them useful, some of them useless, and some of them outright insane. Some of them are only used once, some only twice, but some became regular occurrences, some things that sometimes even the most diehard Who fans overlook. Realistically there is no limit to what the Doctor can do, because the easiest way to explain anything new is just that they're an alien. For all we know, the 27th Doctor could have laser eyes and super strength because... Why the hell not? But let's talk about the current 13 doctors and what weird powers we've seen them do. My name is Rich, welcome to Who Culture, and these are 10 bizarre powers you forgot the doctor has. Number 10 Super Smell and Super Taste. Now an advanced sense of taste and smell might not seem like the most useful thing to have when you're running around the universe saving it over and over again from big alien beasties, and yet the Doctor has still managed to find a lot of use for it. There are seriously so many examples we can turn to here, take for example the Christmas Invasion, David Tennant's first episode, and David goes and dips his finger in some blood and tastes it and goes yep that's A positive with just a dash of iron. He can work that out just by tasting it. In the eleventh hour the Doctor goes and licks Amy's shed and deduces that it's over over 10 years old. He could tell that by licking it. Speaking of things you actually lick, so not somebody else's blood or a garden shed, in Day of the Moon, the Doctor licks an envelope and tells you it's planet of origin. All of that through taste. In addition to this, the 13th Doctor took a big water soil, gave it a lick and went, actually there's a shop over there, 25 miles away with a low TripAdvisor rating. Somehow she knew that from soil. He's also been able to deduce the actual atmosphere of a planet just by being there in the time of angels, and in Unicorn and the Wasp, the 10th Doctor steps out of the TARDIS, takes a whiff and goes, yeah, 1920s. While we're on the topic of the Doctor's senses, just going back to the 11th hour, the Doctor seems to have amazing eyesight as well, being able to deduce what the hell is going on within that park, with people staring at the sky and Rory looking at the uh, COVID patient, Just from his eyes. That's definitely the Doctor, that's not just Stephen Moffat going, let's take some Sherlock and put it in Doctor Who. It's totally the Doctor, that, totally. Number nine, speed reading. One of the Doctor's powers that pretty much everyone knows is their genius intellect. Now most of this would have come from just general life, the Doctor is over 2000 years old at this point, but there is also the fact that he can seem to read books in seconds flat. Early on in the classic serial city of death, the fourth Doctor picks up a book, thumbs through it and puts it down again. Romana asks him how it was and he said, not bad, bit boring in the middle, implying he read the entire book in a matter of seconds. Following on from that, in the first episode of the 2005 Revival, Rose, Eccleston picks up a book and does exactly the same thing, flicks through it and goes, huh, sad ending, which he was right, because it was the lovely bones. Sad ending. Flash forward once again to the time of angels, and the 11th Doctor flicks through a book about the angels and says, not bad, but slow in the middle. Obviously referencing the fourth Doctor, the Doctor can read a book like that. Number eight, mind control and hypnosis. A power seen more so in the classic era than in the modern era, is the Doctor being able to hypnotise and also control people. One of the earliest examples of this happening was in 1972, in the Curse of Peladon. The third Doctor hypnotised a creature called Agadol by using a spinning handheld mirror and some weird chanting. In comes the fourth Doctor and does more of the same, in Terror of the Zygons he hypnotises Sarah Jane so she can survive without air. Which is apparently something you can do with hypnosis. Cool. He then hypnotized Sarah Jane again in the Hand of Fear so she could answer some questions. Sarah Jane really got the short end of the stick with four. Jesus. Other classic Doctors have had similar abilities too, and we've seen minor similar kind of things in the modern series as well, but modern series have been more so for psychic powers, things like mind reading and mind wiping and stuff like that. We often forget how strong their power truly is. The Doctor has a means of basically conjuring the Imperious curse just out of their own fingertips. That's actually kind of scary. Number seven, storing thoughts inside a hypercube. Wizards have owls, old people have the royal mail. We, the young'uns, the new generation of people use WhatsApp and Snapchat and Twitter DMs and I don't know, Bebo and things. The Time Lords have hypercubes. Bebo, Jesus. Hypercubes first appeared way back in the second Doctor serial, The War Games, where he needs to get a message to the Time Lords and he basically conjures a cube just by meditating. And more recently, the hypercubes were seen once again in The Doctor's Wife, when one of them turned up at the TARDIS to bring Doctor to house. Imagine being able to send a letter to anywhere in the universe without any restriction of time, or distance, or just, you know, bad postage. That would be quite something. We don't see hypercubes all that much in the TV series apart from these two big examples, though they are brought up in the audio dramas and the novelizations quite a bit, but it doesn't mean we haven't seen the last of them. Number six, stopping both hearts in order to play dead. It's widely known that Time Lords, so including the Doctor, have two hearts. In episodes like The Shakespeare Code and The Power of Three, it does very much prove that when the Doctor has only got one working, he's not at his best. But there is one underrated and overlooked trick the Time Lords have at their disposal. Admittedly, we've only seen this once in the TV series, and it wasn't even the Doctor that did it, and that is the ability to stop both of their hearts and feign death. We saw Romana do this back in Destiny of the Daleks. She was imprisoned with a bunch of slaves in a Dalek mine slash camp thing, and she basically plays dead, gets thrown outside, wakes up and is like, "Ha, huh, nice. When she meets up with the Doctor later on, she says that apparently she was taught at school to stop both of her hearts, and since the Doctor also grew up on Gallifrey, you'd assume that he could do it too. Now it does sound quite horrible, and Romana seems pretty sort of okay afterwards, but we really don't know how damaging stopping both your hearts for a short time might actually be. Although we can't do it. As for Time Lords, probably still not that good either. Number 5, Communication with Babies. This one has been seen only a brief number of times in the show, but yes, the Doctor can speak baby. That's a language apparently, thank you Steven. In the series 6 episode of Good Man Goes to War, the Doctor stands and converses with Melody Pond, Amy and Rory's baby, while the parents stand there looking completely utterly bemused. Supposedly, young Melody insults the Doctor's bow tie, correct, I guess, and also refers to Amy as a big milk thing. Yeah. And this ability returned only a couple of episodes later, when the Doctor meets Craig Owens' baby, Alfie, or as he likes to be known, Stormageddon, Dark Lord of All. Now you'd think, hang on, surely if baby is a whole language, the TARDIS should translate it. Usually when the TARDIS translates for the Doctor, it'll translate for the companions as well. And yet, it doesn't. Maybe it's a language the Doctor has taught themselves, and the TARDIS matrix knows no better. And admittedly... This is probably a good thing. Imagine Amy being a companion of the Doctor, giving birth to a baby, the baby coming out and just going, sup, big milk mummy, hi. That would just be weird. Why did I say that? Number four, levitation. Okay, this one might be stretching it a little bit as this hasn't come from the TV show, but it's come from comics in the 70s. So it's not necessarily canon, but it's pretty cool. So I'm going to talk about it anyway. In the TV Comic Annual 1971, John Pertwee's third Doctor finds himself with a copy of Levitation Universal Edition, which he picked up off some dude from Mars. As you do. In a matter of only 30 minutes, the Doctor has taught himself how to levitate. Cool. But it's not all useless, because later in the story, the Doctor finds himself levitating to save a man who's fallen off a roof. He's literally a superhero now. SuperDoc. Now, we've not seen this just outright levitation used in the TV series, though we did see the Doctor Levitate in The Last of the Time Lords, so that was all powered by prayer, and I don't want to open that can of worms now, we've got other things to get to. Let's just hope we see that Universal Levitation book turn up in the series for real at some point. That would be quite cool, Dalek levitates and goes, Ha ha, I can fly, Doctor also levitates, and the Dalek craps itself. Number three, mentally unlocking wooden doors. If there's one thing the Doctor can't do, or more specifically what their sonic screwdriver can't do, it's wood. Now as much as there's a lot of uncertainty surrounding this power, I'm just gonna run with it anyway, because that said in the intro, anything could happen in this universe. So first up, we've only seen the Doctor unlock a wooden door with his mind once, and that was in Series 9's Heaven Sent. And two, when he did do it, he was trapped within his confession dial, which seems to be that the laws of just general physics and reality don't necessarily seem to apply here. So, as a result, there is a bit of debate as to whether this actually did 110% happen. But for the sake of this list, let's just go with it and say that yes, he did. The Doctor does back himself up when he does this, saying that when he was young and telepathic, he used to know a trick, so maybe he has, or at least knows how to, unlock wooden doors. And as said, the sonic screwdriver doesn't do wood, but yet the Doctor can do wood himself, so almost the Doctor and the sonic screwdriver complete each other which is nice. Number 2. Shattering Glass by Screaming Tom Baker made so much Doctor Who, this particular power has been sort of swallowed up within the rest of his tenure as the Doctor, but we haven't forgotten, we're gonna talk about it. Yeah. The Doctor can shatter glass by letting out a big scream like a big Time Lord Banshee. In the late 70s serial The Power of Kroll, the Doctor and Romana find themselves trapped within a bunch of vines, and just as you think they're not going to escape, the Doctor opens his mouth, lets out a blood-curdling scream, the skylight above of them shatters and lets in the rain. It makes the vine slippery enough for the pair to break free, and that power is never ever heard from again, and just based on how weird it looks and sounds, this is probably a good thing. Number 1. Bigger on the inside pockets it's bigger on the inside, is easily one of Doctor Who's most iconic quotes. And yes, Clara had to tell him and go, it's smaller on the outside, It's oh, it's Clara, yay! Moving swiftly on, this is actually something you can also use to describe the Doctor's pockets. Near the end of the 2006 Christmas special, The Runaway Bride, the Doctor pulls a honking great remote control out of his pockets, and Donna asks how it fit in there, and he says, they're bigger on the inside. Now, sure, this might seem as just a throwaway joke, but this has happened before. In the fourth Doctor serial, Robot, the Doctor is forced to empty his pockets, and from said pockets come <clears throat> a intergalactic passport, a document from Scaro, a Mars-Venus pilot's license, a yo-yo, an honorary membership for the Alpha Centauri Table Tennis Club, some goggles, some playing cards, and a fake white bird. What the f- Doctor? What the? F- And this happens again in Genesis of the Daleks, the Doctor's there happily emptying his pockets and the colored security guard is stood there looking pretty baffled. Then in The Mysterious Planet, the sixth Doctor's pockets contain an oil can and a big torch and in Day of the Doctor, the tenth Doctor pulls out his machine that goes ding and it definitely looks way too big for his normal sized pocket. Is this because of some special Gallifreyan fabric softener or is this something woven in to the fabric? Either way, we'll probably never know but it seems to be the Doctor's pockets are infinite.